This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're doing fantastic. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and we are continuing our reading, The Purpose and Power of Women by Dr. Miles Monroe. Let's talk about being born to be loved. The female and the male each have a different kind of glory. The male is to reflect the image and glory of God, 1 Corinthians 11.7, while the woman is the glory of man. The word of God is stating a profound truth. Essentially, it means that if you want to know what a man is like, don't look at the man, look at the woman who is reflecting him. This means that if you don't like the way women are, the responsibility for it falls on the men. The women are a reflection of the man. This is so deep. This is so deep. And we talked about it earlier in the podcast, but this is something that a lot of us tend to forget when we see maybe a married couple or a child that they are a reflection of the head of that household or the lack of, the reflection of their husband's presence and love, or the lack of. Now, it's not to say that every now and then there are people who are married to wonderful men, but they themselves are, you know, maybe very vicious or there's something maybe wrong. But for the majority of the time, when you see a beautiful, lovely, happy woman, you can guarantee that her husband is a root of that. Every individual, of course, is responsible before God for his or her own actions. Like it's not to blame anyone for the way that they behave. For example, a woman may reflect her own selfishness rather than her husband's kindness, which I've seen. Solomon said, a wife of noble or excellent character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. And this is actually something that I have been thinking about for those ladies who are engaged. And I have a, I have a big heart for women who are in the engagement stage because for me personally, that was a stage where God revealed himself to me and showed me the areas in my life that absolutely needed change. And once I was able to see that, I was able to realize how messed up I was as a person and how... I could never be with someone that God brought to me as a blessing if I was going to just ruin it with my behavior. Like that would be wrong. And that wouldn't even be right, you know, for God to do necessarily, right? I mean, he's God, he can do whatever he wants. But if he loves my husband, he wants my husband to have a wonderful wife. So he needs to alert me and get me on the right track 
and as, and as well alert him too, because I'm also a wonderful person for him. But he had to also shape him up in certain ways to ensure that we were both at our best from one another because he knew the potential that he put inside of us as people, even if we weren't bringing those qualities to life yet. But it was during that engagement stage where both of us really shifted in some of the most difficult areas of our personalities and of our our lives. And that is what blessed us to have a wonderful marriage from the very start of it um, because of all of the things that happened before that day. The verse shows a powerful influence a woman can have in a man's life. Men have a great responsibility to truly reflect the image and the glory of God so that it can be reflected to the woman in their lives so that the women can reflect God's glory in turn. And we as women really have a huge impact on our men. If you are someone who is dating a man and you want this man to be your husband, the way you behave in his life, you'll be able to see some of the fruit of that in terms of how his life changes when he's with you. Whether that be how much joy he has in his life, how successful he's being at work, how he's changing and developing spiritually, things about his personality that are shifting and changing, you'll be able to see that. You'll be able to see when you're bringing something wonderful into a man's life. I knew this guy, I still know him, and he had a baby mama and he ended up marrying her. They had a wedding, I want to say one month after the wedding, mind you, he was with this woman and the daughter was like four or five. So he's been with her for a good five, six years. But one month after they actually got married, they got a divorce. Now, this guy, he was a pretty chill dude. But at the same time, he was really rough in a, in a, in a very like subdued way. And the girl was the same way. And they were like the perfect couple in that sense. Like they were both always fighting people. Like they would go to a party and they would fight. They were always full of drama, fighting one another. I mean, it was crazy. And I'm like, how do these two people fight each other? (laughs) When they got divorced, I guess in a month after they got married, this man ended up meeting another woman who was the complete opposite. Now she was still like, you know, he needed someone who had a little bit of hood in her, right? Because that's something that he liked. So she had a little, a little flavor, a little flair, but she was very uh, elegant still. She was still like, um, she was very intelligent. She was not interested in any form of rowdy behavior, any form of low-class behavior, the complete opposite of his ex-wife. And When I saw this woman with him, he was a completely different man. Like, I would have never thought they were the same person. I'm like, what happened to him? You mean to tell me this whole time he's always been like this? It was the woman he was with that brought this out of him? To that degree of chaos? I was in shock. And this woman, after she ended up being with him, uh, they got married. They have a child. They bought a house, like a nice house in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> like, even though he still has his flair, uh, he was a gentleman. No more cursing. No more acting out. No more being loud. I mean, 
It's like this is who he was the entire time. And this woman brought the worst out of him. And that happens. That happens where you see how much a woman's impact totally changes a man. And with this man being with a woman who's a little bit, you know, a little bit higher than him, maybe socioeconomically, she had a little bit more money, a little bit more education, a little bit more class. That made him feel like rising up and made him feel proud to be with her and brought him out of his element. And so I've seen this with my own eyes and it's shocking to see how much a person can change just by the woman that they're with. And I've seen it over and over and over and over again with different people. We are powerful as women. It's important to know that it's kind of like a cyclical thing. It's like a cycle. It's like how he treats you is important and how you then behave impacts him in terms of his productivity, his joy, his achievements, all of those things. I have noticed that when a man gets married, he often reveals what kind of man he is by what his wife is like. If you are a woman who has an interest in a man and want to know what he is really like, don't ask his father or his brothers. Talk to his sisters and his mother. (laughs) Talk to the women in his life. The women will be able to tell you what kind of man he really is. You can tell what the man in our society is like by observing the women. Look at our homes. Who's running them? The women are often heading them by themselves. What does this tell you about the man? He is not being spiritually responsible because he is not fulfilling his purpose and position as head of the household. If a man's wife is always angry, always depressed, always sad, always grouchy, it often means that she's reflecting the treatment that she's receiving from her husband. A woman should be able to grow in grace and become a better person as a result of being with her husband. And this is something I have experienced greatly. My husband has been the biggest blessing in terms of like stretching me as a person. I've never been with a man who caused so much growth to come out of me because of the way he behaved. You know, there was so much about him that I admired and was like, how is he like this? (laughs) And thought to myself, like, you know, This is something that I need to change. I need to work on. I need to be like in a lot of different ways. And I was able to grow with him by him being patient and him allowing me to make mistakes. And by the grace of God, you know, being able to bounce back from those mistakes and those behaviors and grow. And every woman should be growing with her husband. Every woman should be getting better and better and better and having the peace to do that which is, you know, another conversation. But that's why for me, it's so important that your husband or a person's husband is able to give them some freedom, just a little bit of time. That They say the happiest women are the homemakers, women who stay home with the babies, with the children, or maybe no children. And the reason why is because you have peace of mind, you have freedom. You have the ability to think. You're not always rushing to work, sitting in traffic, being yelled at by your boss. And I'm not saying that working is bad. I mean, I've I worked for a long time. My mom worked all her life. Like I've been around women working my entire life. But even as a young girl, I've always known that was not for me because I need downtime. I need peace. I need freedom. 
those spaces are the spaces where I'm able to grow. And that's why so many people ended up growing so much during the pandemic. Because finally, you had to stop. You had to rest. You had to think. You had nothing but time. And with that time, you realize, oh, there's a lot of things that I need to change about myself. And for some people, that's the only time they're going to have that was during the pandemic. But it was a blessing in that way for a lot of people. They were able to find the job they really wanted to do, or they were able to get out of a relationship that was super toxic. They were able to be saved, find Christ, discover their femininity. All of these things because they had the time to think and to rest. And as a homemaker or as a person who um, isn't working a traditional nine to five every single day, you do have that, you know, uh, weaved into your week where you're able to do that and constantly grow and develop and change and reflect. And it's important. It's something I will always talk about because it is important and it is a luxury in this society. That when women are told that they have to just be on all the time. When we look at the spiritual aspects of principles that we see, Jesus, right, also has a bride who is meant to reflect his nature. In the original Greek, her name is Ecclesia. The English translation of this word is church. Jesus sent the church into the world to be a reflection of himself. He said to his bride, the world will know you, the world will know who I am and that I was sent by the Father, by the way in which you act, by your unity with one another. The world is not going to find out what I'm like. They're not going to come on their own. The world is going to come to the bride. If you don't love one another, they'll never know what I'm like. And I want to take a second to talk about what the church is because until I became in Christ, until I became saved, I didn't know what the church was. I thought the church was going to a building on Sundays and praising God. I thought that was church. <laughs> I had no idea that church is not a building. Church is a group of people. The church are people who follow Christ. They meet in a building building called the church, but the actual church are a group of people. It's talking about people, not a place. So once you're in Christ, once you are saved, born again, you are part of the church. And that's a whole collective. And Jesus is basically saying that the collective of people who follow him, the people who have been saved by him, they are the church and they are his bride. He is a bridegroom and the church is his bride. And that's why when we talk about divorce, the relationship, how God relates, how Jesus relates to us is a bride and a groom relationship, is a marriage relationship. So when the actual physical marriages are broken up or perverted, it's a reflection of his relationship with us as a church. It's just extremely important for you to understand that the church is not a place. It's a collective people of believers. We, if you are in Christ, we are his church. So if God wants to do something on this earth, 
He wants to do it through his church. Yes, if God is making people successful doctors who are saving people from brain cancer, he can use anyone to do that. But he would rather use someone from his church and fill them with his spirit so that they can literally look at a body part and have no idea what that is. And the Holy Spirit can just tell them what it is. And they can just touch them and heal them. Or they can heal them through going to surgery. They can do it either way if he wants them to because he is filled with healing power and different spiritual gifts. You know, God would rather always use the church. But he can use anyone if if the church is not, if a person in the church is not willing, you know, he can use whoever he wants. And he does. He uses bad people too, <laughs> for sure. But they're not his. They don't belong to him. So being part of the church is a luxury. It's a privilege. It's a beautiful, beautiful honor to be part of God's church. It's not a place that you go to on Sundays. That's a church building but that's not the actual church. I just want to make that super clear for anyone who did not know that because I did not know that. It has often been said that a marriage is a church within the church. If the world isn't seeing the nature of Christ through the church in the way that it should be, perhaps we should begin to correct this problem by first looking at our homes. We should review the relationships between husband and wives, fathers and daughters, brothers and sisters. We should then look at the nature of our friendships and the relationships between men and women in the church. And I always say that marriage is your first ministry. How you are with your husband and how you are in your home with your children, God is looking at that before he's looking at who you're casting a demon out of or who you're praying for or what you're doing with the homeless ministry and the prison ministry and the gift baskets you're making for this person and that person, your family is who God assigned to your life. It's like a group project. (laughs) God created these like pods of people. I'm going to put this kind of person and this kind of person and this kind of person, and they're going to all be a family. And you need to figure out how to navigate this whole thing with my help. And we are commissioned to love and to do all of these things with people, but many people cannot even do those things with their own family. And God is looking at that. And I'll be the first to tell you that I've seen the power of praying for your family. I've seen it. I have seen it because I have done it. Some of the people who were the most impossible people in my family, with prayer and God's grace, I have seen the changes. I've seen the changes. And and even when I start thinking that, you know, my prayers are not even like going anywhere, God always reminds me something will always happen. Just today, my sister texts me and she's like, oh my goodness. My niece told her the other day that she wants to get baptized. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I have been praying about this. And I wanted it to come from her. You know, I, I didn't say anything to her, but I wanted it to come from her. Because I knew that no one was going to push her to get baptized. And it needs to be a personal decision. But I also knew that it had to be from God, like prompting her heart to tell her mom. So her mom told me and I'm like, thank you, Father. You know, like this is a prayer that I prayed for a while and I stopped because I'm like, okay. You know, you sometimes don't realize how powerful your prayers can be. And God wants to save families. He wants to use certain people, not just for your glory, but for your family. He wants 
the things that you're doing to be from generation to generation to generation, not just stop with you. If he makes you a millionaire, he does not want you to spend all your money on clothes and bags and shoes and trips. He wants that money to be able to travel from generation to generation to generation. So he's not just looking at you as Jennifer, as Rebecca, as Chelsea, as Ama. He's looking at you and he's seeing your entire bloodline and how they're going to be saved through you, how your behavior is going to impact them to want to know Christ. It's so much bigger than you. It's always bigger than you. He does not just care about people individually. And so me being saved in my family, my cousin being saved in my family, I have seen the effects of just two people that I know for sure are saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. I have seen the ripple effect and how it's impacted my entire family, you know, starting from other people in the family. But I've seen it. And I don't want anyone to ever underestimate how much power is in you praying for your husband, for your children, for your knucklehead brother, for your sister who you can't stand, from your father who did you wrong. All these people need your prayers if you are in Christ. They need it. And God is depending on that. So start there. Start with your own family. And then it trickles out. The male has a great responsibility in this calling. If he does not give the love that the female can receive and reflect, if he does not reflect the nature of God, then the witness of the family and of the church is greatly weakened. And through my interviews, I just did an interview with Cinderella. If you have not listened to that one, that podcast, listen to it. That is a really good podcast. That girl is deep. And we talked about a lot of things involving family. But with a lot of the other people that I've talked to on my show, especially women who got into pornography and stripping and prostitution, many of them, their fathers were in the church. Either they were pastors or they were the ones, the fathers were the ones that taught them about God. But the fathers were the same ones who raped them, who beat their mom up, who left them, who was an alcoholic. So how is it that you are the one that's in church helping all these people, but yet your own family is in shambles? Or yet you are such a hypocrite that it made me think that this God you serve (laughs) must not be it. And that's why it's so important that the male is the one that introduces the family to God, that keeps the family afloat, and that also is a representation of God's love reflected upon his family for them to receive that. You know, um, and this is a, a hard thing, again, because so many men are not involved spiritually the way that they should be. And it's an ongoing process of praying for them. And this is this is across the board. <laughs> it I have seen, you know, it, you can't even say like, oh, like the women who have men who are all about God, they're so lucky. I mean, I don't know. Are they? Are they lucky? <laughs> it's, all, it's not always what you think. Sometimes those men that you may think when you see a certain woman's husband and he's all about God and you're like, wow, 
like I said, sometimes that's the out the outside performance, but what really happens at home. So don't focus on other people's husbands. Don't wish that, you know, you had this person's husband and that person's husband because they're men of God. Most men truly do struggle with their spiritual relationships, but they depend on you, whether you realize it or not. Most men, and I've actually, this happened like not too long ago, a guy got married and he doesn't even believe in God, but his wife, you know, he said he wanted to marry a woman who was in Christ even though he doesn't believe in God. So to make sure that the children believe in God. So it's like he knew that he was wrong for his lifestyle, but what was very attractive and important to him was still to have a feminine woman who loves God because he knows that that is something that will eventually benefit his family. Maybe he can't get himself to pray or believe, but this woman who lives in this house, her behavior will impact and infiltrate that home and in him. If he's sick, that woman will be praying for him and God may heal him because of her prayers. Men are always going to want the best package they can get. Ladies, I want you to remember that. <laughs> and if you didn't realize that, I'm telling you, don't focus on society and you know the media and hip hop culture because hip hop culture is the worst. And that is the fastest way you listening to like all these people, all these rappers, all these artists, even people like Beyonce, you listening to all these people is going to lead you to loneliness and regret. Because the truth is the men that you really want, they want good girls. They want women who are self-respecting, polished, who take care of themselves, who love God, who may seem on the outside like they're, you know, just so modest, right? Compared to someone who's doing a pose like Lil' Kim or Cardi B. That's what men look like they want, right? Like these women with their breasts, you know, being covered up by just two little stickers and, you know, just looking like sex. The truth is that's not what they want in terms of who they're going to marry. They want the best they can get in terms of the quality of the woman. And so it's it's like it's like a man saying that they're hungry, right? And because they're really hungry, they may drive past a fast food restaurant, a drive-through burger restaurant, and that burger smells so good as they're driving past. And they will go in that drive-through and they will eat that burger, those fries, and that Coke, and feel probably disgusted after they finish. <laughs> but they'll feel like, okay, I'm full. I'm full. That, that was the point, right? But when it comes to, oh, they want to take their mom out for Mother's Day, for her birthday, they're not going to go to that fast food joint. They're going to go to a five-star restaurant. They still know what's the best, even though they may frequent what's the most convenient. But when it when it when the chips are on the table, when it's time to perform, when the stakes are high, they know exactly where to go. And they feel good about going there. And that's what I want you to be, that five-star restaurant. And the only way you can do that is by understanding the principles and truly by seeking God and allowing God to lead your life because you can't go wrong. 
When the kingdom of God is involved in your life, you can't go wrong. And that's why the Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added onto you. If you seek God first and his way of doing things, you can't lose. You can't lose. And everything else will come your way. If you are able to know what kind of man is a good man for you to be with, when you see him based on how he treats you and based on the way the relationship is going, you will end up being with a man who you can say you are a true reflection of. You will reflect his joy, his kindness, his love, his generosity. You will be a reflection of that. People will see you and just see pure bliss, pure joy. They'll see that you are taken care of as a woman and not taken care of like, okay, he's cheating on you and buying you bags. Taken care of like you're at peace. You're at peace. You're happy with the man that you married because you are a reflection of him. So you want to make sure that you reflect the right man. And the only way you can do that is by seeking God. So I hope that this was a life-changing podcast. I hope that it changed your perspective on love and on dating and just on your role as a woman and how important it is that you know that you really are a reflection of the man that you end up with because that's how God designed it. That's how God designed it. So it's an important principle. And the biggest principle behind it is that the man should be a reflection of God. So either way, you end up still being a reflection of God. But it's like when you think of God, it's not like God coming down in the sky and being a reflection of of God's perfection. It's a reflection of God's characteristics. He should be embodying the characteristics that God has given him and that God gives the church. And those characteristics should then be showing up in you and you showing that to the world. So I pray that the Lord speaks to you personally about this and gives you direction on how you can navigate this in your life right now. And if you know a man in your life, you know, this is a great book for a man to read as well because men also are very lost. There aren't any men that I can think of right now who are really leading men on how to be men. And unfortunately, because they're so lost, it's breaking up families. But this is a great book for men to read and humble themselves to be able to learn how to be the man that God called them to be. So if you're thinking of getting engaged or you're currently engaged, have you talked to your fiance, his family, his pastor about his character, which is ultimately going to be something you reflect? If not, consider doing so as you seek God's will for your life. Okay. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Please be sure to visit my website, Find Forever, and purchase a beautiful fragrance. My fragrances are perfect for the spring, and I'm so excited it's finally going to be spring. This is definitely a fragrance that'll just open you up to all the beauty of this new season that's arising, and it's definitely a great way to just start off this new season in your life where you're coming into elegance, joy, femininity, and love. Visit me at Dr. Michelle Duff on Instagram. Let me know how you're enjoying these series. 
If you have any suggestions for podcasts or for videos, please let me know. I love you all so much and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.